Hello and welcome to Story on the Spot. I'm Jim Heskett and going around here that way. Nope, I always went the wrong way. That's Craig Ahart. Down there says dude, that is Nick Thacker. And then down there, Google Coulter Wall Listen, you're welcome. But that's actually R.A. McGee. And we will be right back after the intro. And welcome everyone back to Story on the Spot. I'm going to put a banner down there. It says, Welcome to the show. Vote by comment and visit storyonthespot.live for more information. We just got our first comment come in. Lisa Badger says, Hello. Badger. Hello. I think Lisa. you pronounced that wrong. It was a little too did many I, O's. Did I say it wrong? Too yeah. many O's, not enough L's. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for coming to the show. Let me put up this right here. This is episode 24 of Story on the Spot, the world's first and only thriller fiction improv game show. Like, I'm pretty sure the only one in the history of humanity. I wonder why so, that is. Why that is? It's um, clearly such an amazing idea that you'd think everyone else would want to do it too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, all right, let me see. But I do think this. So, I, I, I think that if they there's another one that comes along, I think that we need to go on their show and challenge them to a story tell off. <laughs> That's you know what we what should I mean? do. Because, off. you know, I, exactly. I don't think we should give up our territory very easily when an Rock imposter comes by. Sots exactly. off is the first possible episode. Sots hop. <laughs> okay. So last week in episode 23, Craig Hart is the winner, and it... <laughs> wow, he like had that ready and everything. I, hate well, I ordered this. I ordered this special on Amazon to get for this week. So I just want well, you guys to know that. dude, that's how dedicated I, I am to this show. <laughs> this guy's awesome, dude. So last awesome. week, last week, Craig and Nick got into it a little bit over the definition of sea glass, and mm -hmm. Craig very wisely used that to spur some anger among other michiganders mm. who came out in force and voted for him to win last and got week views on the video what else would they be doing in, in michigan they're not going to go outside <laughs> okay we're moving like, on there's two we're weeks in the middle of the summer they can go outside <laughs> this isn't it all right everyone so of course they're watching the show Viewers, here's what you're going to do, and you don't have to watch the show live. You can catch it on the replay, too, and still vote. You watch each pitch. There are going to be four rounds, three pitches in each round. You're going to vote by comment, uh, which one you like after each round, and then you'll tune in next week to see the winner. And maybe you will become part of a squabble between two authors used as a pawn in their game. It could happen. Most likely you will. Yeah, it's It happened last week. Probable. So It's probable. I'd put it between like 99 and 99.5% chance that it's going to happen. <laughs> Today's bonus word is circuitous. It means talking in a roundabout, taking a, a roundabout lengthy course. And if you find a way to drop the bonus word into one of your pitches, you're going to get this guy, which I is don't quite a reward. understand the graphic. You don't understand the graphic? No, not that one. The, the sumo wrestlers. Uh, because you guys are contestants fighting each other. And this is the closest oh, graphical representation. I could come up with for what happens on the show. The word circuitous, and I was <laughs> confused. Now, maybe I should go on a different page. Thanks for your feedback, Craig. 
You're welcome. <laughs> I waited to do that live just to you know, make things awkward and weird. I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. Here is round one. And this is a story prompt. This is called Walking on a Wing. Ukraine International Airlines has banned a traveler from all future flights with the carrier after an unidentified woman opened an emergency door in a Boeing 737 and went for a walk on the wing as it was waiting at a gate in Borispil International Airport in Kiev. The passenger had traveled from Antalya, Turkey with her husband and children when other passengers heard her say she was too hot before she popped open the emergency exit and went outside the airplane. It's your first time watching us. We're going to take the story prompt and these three authors here are each going to pitch a different story and then you can vote for your favorite. Who wants to be the first to take off on this story prompt walking on a wing? I got this. All right, Nick, what do you got? This is a this is an obvious situation here. This is a person who has a superpower, basically, a sense of smell, and she can detect abnormalities in uh, in air. You know, too high nitrogen, too too high oxygen, whatever trace elements may exist, and she can basically she just has this intuitive understanding of uh, of what's present in the uh, in the air at any given time. So she has detected that uh, a terrorist has begun um, emptying a canister of uh, of some kind of chemical into the air inside this airplane. And uh, so she's actually saved everybody on this airplane by popping open the emergency exit um, and, you know, going for a walk on the wing. Um, she doesn't want to out herself to get herself killed, you know, so she's kind of, she's got to kind of take the fall for it. But uh, she actually let all the air dissipate out into the atmosphere and uh, before it was too, uh, too potent and uh, ended up not killing anybody. And the terrorist has, his plans have been foiled. Uh, he's in the front row going, dang it. They, that's the only canister I brought with me. Mm, I guess I'm just flying to Turkey now. <laughs> Why didn't I bring a backup? Like a normie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Nick Thacker. Who, uh, Craig or R.A., who's going to be the meat in the sandwich on the first round? Oh, R.A., you're muted. All right. Cannot. All right. Can you unmute yourself? Am I back? Oh, you're back. You're there back. You oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. Technological stupidity. Um, so, all right. I don't mind being the meat in the sandwich, although I prefer in this instance, like maybe a an inverted Oreo. You know what I mean? Sure. Like white sandwich cookies in the right. brown middle, but whatever. We'll get along. I'm not sure so, we're allowed to comment on that. I don't think you can, sir. Hashtag something. Uh, <laughs> hashtag offended. Hashtag snowflake melt. Hashtag All right. 2020. Any of it. So what I think uh, is happening here is that our wing walker um, is a scientist uh, who works in a lab where they develop uh, biochemical weaponry and that they are working on a, a version of a super, super soldier serum that will allow people to transform into monstrous beings that they intend to uh, let loose on the battlefield. Um, and unfortunately, our wing walker, uh, the people she's traveling with isn't really her family. The husband is another researcher and the children are two uh, experimentees. And um, what's happening is she's afraid of flying. And so uh, 
as her adrenaline builds up and her anxiety and everything builds up, she's starting to uh, to turn uh, into this monstrous beast uh, that's going to be used for war fighting. And so she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't want to delay the turn and have it happen when they're, you know, 10,000 feet in the air and send everyone to their death. So she's just desperately trying to get outside to get some air uh, so she can calm down and not turn in uh, to a creature and blow her spot. Uh, but unfortunately, the agency uh, that's after her knows that that's what she's doing. And uh, it's setting up for a huge fight scene at an airport. And uh, who knows what happens after that? I don't know. Who knows Somebody can figure happens. that part out, you know? Thanks, Ari. Somebody can write the Has sequel. Hashtag sequel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, Craig Ahart, it's down to you. What do you got? <clears throat> well, clearly this is something that happens pretty frequently. We just don't see it. So the woman who went out on the wing is actually with the see exactly this is why we're working together I mean, anyway i'm not sure if that's news anyway um <clears throat> you just outed us <laughs> you heard it here first folks i don't know what you just heard but you heard something here first i see i just so we're co-writing together um i consider every author on the planet a co-writing author with me we just haven't actually released the project yet so i'm actually co-writing with dan brown he doesn't know it yet but um <laughs> something that it's coming down the pipe if we yeah. could just take care of that restraining order, then we can move forward. <laughs> so anyway, sorry about that. Forgot I mentioned anything. The point is that that is exactly where I was going. <clears throat> is that this happens all the time? We just don't see it because they are indeed invisible. Oh, but, now I feel bad. Nah, you. Was... <laughs> I was like, let me say the stupidest possible idea because it would never <laughs> be this. That way, I'm not going to ruin anything. <laughs> and then it's actually literally the idea you had. When I am on the show, you can idea. never make those assumptions. <laughs> That's always going to be the stupidest thing. Um, but she Incredible just simply idea. forgot to take her pills. Um, and, and, and the reason that, you know, they do this is to not only for safety, um, <clears throat> but they do in-flight checks. That's clearly not enough to just do mechanical checks prior to takeoff and after landing. You have to do it, you know, while, while, while it's in-flight as well. But the reason that she forgot quote, to take her pills is that, yes, she's an employee, but She's also the terrorist. So witness as I bring all these stories together. Uh, she's in process. <laughs> witness, he says. It's like a show called Manifest. <laughs> <laughs> she is uh, working for a ter terrorist organization and is planted inside the, you know, the, the flight company in order to bring these these down so they figured hey what what better way to bring down flights in flight than to have an, the invisible employee get on board because you can't take guns on board anymore you can't take knives on board anymore you're checked everything's checked so what what better way than to have an invisible entity get on board the wing and be able to destroy things in flight but she missed the memo didn't take the pill she saw her and now the entire thing is of course is of course wow. out in the open but they didn't report it that way because nobody would ever fly again if they knew that was taking place. So mm. it's being reported as a freak incident when, in, in fact, it happens mm. all the time. Nice. Well done, Craig. So, hey, if you're watching now, don't forget to vote for your favorite pitch. If you're watching live now or later, not live now, to you, it's now either way. Um, so vote for your favorite pitch. And I'm going to put everything back up here. I'm going around to... So this is a new game I've invented that mm. I am calling 
character plot twist. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. Now, let's go in reverse order from round one. So Craig will go first, then R.A., then Nick. So, Craig, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pick one from the character list, one from the plot list, and one from the twist list, and then build us a story based on that. So, and I'm going to write these down because each one can only be used once. What do you think? A beleaguered police chief, a bitter ex-librarian, a streetwise janitor, a kleptomaniac judge? A kleptomaniac judge. Okay. So, judge. And the plot is he has to hide a dead body, plan a bake sale, launder money, or win a karate tournament. Hide a dead body. Hide body. Good choice. And the twist is that he's also a vampire, or everyone dies at the end. He has a talking dog sidekick, or it takes place on a moon colony. Also a vampire. Also a vampire. All right. Craig's going to tell us a story about oh, a I can't wait to hear judge, this. A kleptomaniac <laughs> judge to hide a body, and he's also a vampire. I'm excited about this as well. Yeah. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, what are my choices? Okay. So this, <laughs> so this judge, right? Uh, one of the duties, in, when you're living in a small town, especially back in the 50s, which is when this was, a lot of like times you... Right. I mean, that's the only state that existed in 1950. I think that's a known fact. But when you're living in a small town like that, a lot of times you take on multiple jobs. Well, this judge happens to also be um, <clears throat> the somebody help me out. What do you call the guy who takes care of the dead bodies? Undertaker. He's also the under I'm a writer. Also the <laughs> undertaker in the small town. Um, and he has a problem, which is kleptomania. And so whenever about every third body he, he managed to hold the urge back for about three bodies but every third body is just like dude i gotta steal something and there's a body right there so he takes the dead body he's got him stacking up in his basement well about that time this is in michigan of course and being not too bright of course the people there tend to run out of food because they don't know how to prepare like they try to go crops they shrivel and die they try to go to the store they get lost and can't can't get there so they end up having empty larders and, and their their cellars are empty the root cellars and so the guy's like i need to do something i'm the judge i can't be stumbling around town weak and weary i have to appear strong to the people i'm leading because he's also the mayor by the way so he he <laughs> he ends up experimenting on i don't want to get too graphic but he experiments on these bodies and finds out that you know they're not too bad tasting and he develops a taste for blood and so he's he's not a natural vampire he is a learned vampire he's he's learned this behavior <laughs> uh, and because he's got this side business as the undertaker it's a steady supply a steady supply of of well sustenance shall we say and and when he and when he he's also the police chief and so when he catches himself stealing the dead bodies <laughs> he, he 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 pronounces himself not guilty i like that it's that his vampirism is a learned behavior because it finally puts to rest that argument of nature versus nurture when it comes to <laughs> vampire development <laughs> also he's the only person who lives in the town and so he he relies on on, so on people tra traveling through people other, who are other people <laughs> other towns send their dead bodies to him well they, the yeah, it's people who drive through and drop dead so it happens a lot more when you're in michigan it happens a lot more than than you might think people driving through michigan to get to 
sensible places. He's also Man. in charge of the local department of transportation. So he's in charge of uh, keeping the highway in good repair. <laughs> he di- he, well, he, he, he yeah. diverts traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Naturally. Craig is really working on this Michigan brand for the show. It's good. I like it. Well, yeah, but I've sort of crossed over to Nick's side of making fun of it because that's a lot more fun. It's so, it's so easy, isn't it? It's just they're just begging for it, man. They're just asking for it. All right, all right, McGee, you are up. What do you want? Let to me choose? get that. Let me get that bitter li- bitter ex librarian. Okay. Let me get that launder money, and I'll take a talking dog sidekick. Okay, so Ra is going to tell us a story about a bitter ex-librarian who needs to launder money and also has a talking dog sidekick. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we are dealing with a librarian uh, who has a bit of a uh, MDMA problem. Okay, so the librarian, uh, for anyone who, who doesn't know MDMA, it's what is it? Methylene deoxymethamphetamine. So it's the active ingredient in meth. Uh, nasty stuff. You, you trip. You see things that aren't there. You hear things that aren't there. And uh, as a librarian, uh, he doesn't really make a lot of money, as you might, you know, you might expect from someone with a degree in the library arts. And so he is in deep to his uh, MDMA dealer. All right. And so he's sitting around one day and he's wondering, you know, how can I start to make some money to help pay back my MDMA dealer, right? And as he's sitting there, he looks over at his uh, his English bulldog and the bulldog you know, starts talking to him, of course, because he's tripping balls on MDMA, you know? <laughs> so uh, the bulldog looks up and goes, you can, you can make as much money as you want. You don't understand. You have uh, the 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 font of money streaming into you every day. All you need to do is skim a little bit of money off of the library fees. And as, as people bring the books back, you can just skim a little bit of money and a little bit of money. So the librarian uh, goes into the computer system and marks every book that's out as late, as days and days and days late, just all of them. To the point where it's cheaper for them to just pay the replacement cost. Okay. So as people start to trickle in, uh, he's skimming a little bit of money off the top. He's skimming a little bit of money off the top. And uh, that's how he's going to pay back his dealer. And what eventually happens is uh, this really strange, like this really strangely pale, like cop undertaker type guy, you know, shows up and he's really ready to like put his foot down and say, you know, I'm from the next town over, but we don't have anybody. And so I got to come to your town. All right. And I know that I bring my books back on time. All right. I don't owe you people anything. Well, he digs into the mystery. Things get dicey where the librarian almost gets eaten, but he doesn't. And so he ends up in jail uh, contemplating his life. How did I go wrong? MDMA dogs talking to me. I almost got eaten by an undertaker. And so he's just understandably bitter about the whole thing. So <laughs> very, very nice. All right. Nice way to work it back in. Okay. Nick Thacker, here is what you have left. Either a beleaguered police chief or a streetwise janitor. Streetwise janitor. Okay. And has he got to plan a bake sale or win a karate, win a karate tournament? tournament? 
And is the twist that everyone dies at the end or it takes place on a moon colony? Takes place on the moon. So we're doing a streetwise janitor who needs to win a karate tournament on a moon colony. Correct. All right, Nick, let's go. All right. Well, <clears throat> so this colony has been has been up in up on the moon for um, for a couple centuries. Uh, so there's people who um, who have grown up their entire lives on the moon in, uh, in in lower gravity than on Earth. And so uh, one of the strange things that's uh, that's sort of taken the moon by storm is uh, karate. It's it's gotten really big. It's very Cobra Kai up there, and so it's just gotten really. Um, uh, just people are somehow suddenly into karate again, as if um, there was like a bunch of movies made in the eighties and then people just really got back into it randomly in 2020. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so that's what, that's what everybody does for fun. So my computer's falling over um, is they, uh, they, they practice karate and they compete karate. Our, uh, our hero, Jeff, the streetwise janitor um, actually is visiting uh, a janitorial exchange program um, from the earth to the moon. And uh, and he's he's doing his work up there for for the local uh, the local launch facility, um, you know, just cleaning up and, and mopping whatever he can in his uh, in his in his you know professional expertise, um, whatever he can do to keep things clean. And he sees something that uh, that surprises him. It's a crime. And he sees this crime um, and it's a it's a crime against a female employee. And uh, he, he can't let it go un, unsaid. But he has to navigate it the right way because it's very simple. This guy is in a position of power. He could just send him back to the earth. Um, so what he does is he challenges this guy to a tournament. And he says, I'm going to I'm going to beat you in a karate tournament. And the guy says, you've never done karate in your life. I've been doing it for, you know, 50 years up here on the moon. And he says, that's OK, because what this guy doesn't realize is that Jeff, you know, is from Earth and he's got stronger bones. He's used to gravity. Um, he's able to hold his body up a little bit better than these little limp uh, moon people. And so um he uh, he he goes through like a rocky montage and um, and is like punching stuff and, you know, no gravity floating around practicing his karate. And at the very end of the movie, he he does his little kick thing and kicks him in the face and he wins. It's amazing. What an ending. Crane kick and colony. And the beautiful woman who was uh, was was harassed by this man um, uh, is there. She's cheering him on and they kiss at the end. It's beautiful. Mm. There's no way Johnny could have seen that kick coming. Such a perfect mm -mm. kick. No, no, it's so out of nowhere, huh? <laughs> okay. We just run towards his foot. <laughs> but he had the other foot up, but he kicked with the other one. That's crazy. I didn't do that. Uh, okay, round number three is a story prompt, and this is called One Didn't Flew Over. John Dross, 33, and Carl Corgan, 18, were charged with conspiracy and attempting to smuggle contraband into the Central Mississippi Correctional Facility in Pearl, Mississippi, after a drone they used as a delivery device became tangled in a net above the prison fence. The drone was caught carrying two ounces of marijuana, a cell phone, cigarette lighters, phone chargers, and headphones, Corrections Commissioner Earl Kane said. The drone will be kept and reprogrammed for use. I'll go. I'll go first. Let me let me go first. I want to get this. Let me get this going. All right, all right. What do you got for one didn't flew over? Um so I see Nick is a fan of that. Uh, is a fan of this prompt. Yeah, he, he couldn't take it. He just, he couldn't pull the ripcord, man. He pulled the ripcord. <laughs> um, so okay, this is what I think. I think that um, our uh, our two heroes, and yes, I will call them heroes, despite being locked up, because they are actually uh, secret agents. Now the older one is a secret agent, and the younger one is a, is a trainee. 
someone that they plucked from college to uh, to to learn the craft of secret agentry. Because uh, you never know when you'll need a young person, and you know the whole Twenty One Jump Street thing doesn't always work. You know, it'd be like one of us going back to college or high school pretending like we were we were young and hip. You know what I mean? So, um, well, as they're training and they're doing these missions, the unit that they're part of uh, falls under fire. You know, congressional inquiries and stuff like that. So they get disavowed. All right, they get disavowed and they're on the run, and they end up. Uh, being arrested for something mundane and taken to prison. Well, they still have a few friends on the outside. And so what their friends are trying to do is give them uh, the means to break themselves out of jail. Uh, that's what the cell phones and the chargers and things like that are for. Uh, the weed is just to barter with while you're on the inside. I mean, you know, you know, they're having a hard time in there. So they need a little bit of a little bit of weed to get, you know, the funions and things that they need to fuel their adventures and so I, th- I think we're dealing with some uh, locked up secret agents. So. <laughs> Thanks, R.A. You got to get those Funyuns. Weed for Funyuns would be a good episode title. <laughs> Funyuns for fuel. Uh, all right, Craig, Nick, who wants to tackle one didn't flew over? I ducked out. Um, Internet was a little weird. I couldn't see the the story prompt thing, so I'm going to read it. Um which means I'm graciously giving up my position um, to Craig. Wow. Right. I'm going to leave it up while I do my story. <clears throat> um, that way I can reference it as well. <laughs> so these two guys are trying to not smuggle contraband in necessarily, but they're trying to smuggle themselves in. And the reason why is because this particular prison is a government experiment. Um, it's posing as a prison. But it's actually its own little library community with a library in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were asking for prompts. I, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm, here I'm always open for prompts. Always open for prompts. Department of Transportation office. <clears throat> but the point is, is that they, the government, sees things. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And you know, we, you know, we're not prepared to go start colonies on the moon or Mars. So what we're going to have to do is find, you know, set up these little encapsulated communities and safe havens for people select people where we can if humanity goes off the edge we can restart everything hit the reboot button and the genesis will be in this particular prison so these two guys have found out about it through a leaked government memo and they found out oh it sounds like not only are we all doomed but it sounds like the government might be facilitating our doom and we don't want to be left outside like a whole noah's ark situation so we're going to try to sneak in and but they don't want the government to know that they know because that would be instant death for them. So they're posing under, hey, we're just trying to get Funyuns and stuff in to the inmates. So that's how they're trying to spin this thing. But in reality, they're only trying to save their own lives. We demand Funyuns. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay, Nick. It all comes down to Funyuns. <clears throat> we demand. Well, what we've got here. Uh, is a classic case of government um, misdirection. Um, you've got Dross and, and Corgan, who are our uh, little unsuspecting um, unsuspecting um, accomplices to a government conspiracy plot. Um, in North Korea, there is a, uh, a massive city that is uh, just pumping out tanks and planes and weapons of mass destruction and all kinds of scary things that uh, the Bush administration was trying to prevent. Um, and, uh, and they, they've been doing it secretly now for, for decades. 
and the U.S. has been uh, trying to figure out a way to take it out. Um, that's going to also make it look like the U.S. Um, wasn't part of it. What they found out, though, is that there, um, there, the city has launched um, like a cybernet over the entire thing. It's like Stephen King's dome. It's like this invisible, though, um, you know, lattice network of. Uh, it's like Hunger Games, right? It's like the the whatever Hunger Games one where there's a the dome that they shoot out and stuff. So they've got to figure out how to get. It's this interlocking thing, and if you even penetrate it, um, they're going to know you're there and shoot you out of the sky. So they've figured out that the size of a helicopter transport, um, whatever that one is, the Comanche, I think. Um, no, the Chinook, right? Um, whatever whatever size that helicopter is is the same size, um, scaled down as a drone that they found on the market. Um, and they've also found that uh, a lighter is the same scale as a human. Um, and a bag of marijuana is the same scale as a massive block of Simtex plastic explosives. Um, so they've created this uh, like kind of fake um, experiment where they're trying to get, um, oh, in the net in this, this local prison they find um, in one of these, you know, the Southern States is, um, is it has a net above its, above its um, you know, gate, above its fence. And they realize that the net spacing is the same spacing that they use for their little lattice. They've like, we have this perfect experiment here. It's all perfect scale. Um, we're going to fly in this little tiny mini helicopter with little tiny people that are lighters and little tiny Simtex, which is just a bag of weed um, and cell phones, which are like uh, tanks, or whatever. And um, we're going to just like try to get into this prison. Cause if we can get into this prison, um, we can get into this, you know, full scale city in North Korea. And so they just basically are hiring these young idiots to uh, try to get stuff snuck into the prison. Um, and every week they try a different way. And this is just one of the ways that they've been trying to get through that little net. Very nice. So our last round of the day is going to be an interrupter round. Let me put this back up here. Now, here's how this goes. I'm going to start a little timer on my phone. And then someone is going to start talking. If you are the person talking when my timer goes off, then you finish up the story and you get the point. Also, I'd just like to point out, I haven't heard the secret word once so far. If you remember, it was circuitous. That was the secret oh, I didn't word. know there was a secret word. Yeah. So here's our prompt. Once upon a time, there was a low-level cartel flunky who weighed in bad cocaine, but he dreamed of becoming a famous luchador. And then one day... And then one day, his idol, uh, the Pajaro Verde, came strolling in and asked for some cocaine. And so our luchador hero was a little bit conflicted. Do I give the green pigeon cocaine? Or do I ask him for a job? I really want to do both. I'm really interested in both. I will take a circuitous route to get into Being, uh, the wrestling world. What he does is he um, he he decides he's going to take the uh, the strategic route, and he he pretends like he's being tested by uh, this this famous uh, pigeon thing. Um, and uh, the green pigeon, the, sir. The green pigeon. Green pigeon. Sorry, the green <laughs> pigeon. Yeah, that's the name of the Netflix series. Um, and and he says, sir, I, I would love to give you some cocaine, but I, uh, I it's going to come into my quota, and you know I need I need to make sure that we get this on the books that it's going to you. Otherwise, I'm going to get you know my head cut off. Um, over behind the dumpster with the one full of heads. Um, and so I need to you know be really clear on this uh, spreadsheet that I've got open. Um, you know that this is going to you. So what name do you want to put down? Should I use Green Pigeon? Should I just use Hey, with my grandma? Like, I guess if Craig's not beeping, I'm beeping. So uh, <laughs> he goes to the Time. spreadsheet. Finish this up, uh, all right? And uh, he says, "You can call me my real name, uh, which is not the Green Pigeon. It's Alexander 
uh, Ramos, and I'm your father. I'm here to rescue you from a life of bagging and dealing cocaine, and I'll teach you the sacred arts of luchador in Mexico City. And Just follow me back home there. to Michigan, and we'll have a great <laughs> life on the lake. <laughs> well, as typical as somebody who grew up in Michigan, I didn't actually understand the rules. I thought Jim was going to interrupt every time. So I was waiting politely oh, while he beeped me in. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> accommodations for slow people like me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if, you need, if you need help rules. with groceries and stuff, let us know. We can order some groceries and have them delivered. I got plenty you. of people in my, my cellar. It's fine. They're stacked up like cordwood, man. <laughs> so try, try to be as specific as possible. Like instead of just like big pizza, like tell us kind of what you what you want. And I'm good. Okay, everyone, that is the end of our show. Please visit storyonthespot.live if you want to find out more. We've got, um, you know, a podcast. You can listen to it. You can listen to it. You can watch it on YouTube, watch it on Facebook. You can watch it live. You can watch the replay. There are millions of, literally millions of ways to ingest Story on the Spot into you. And um, make it part of your body. (laughs) Take Story on the Spot into you. Okay. Take it into you. Let it become you. So nice end. Thanks, good. Lisa. My my <laughs> wife likes my end as well. So, <laughs> hey oh, nice. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Do we have any business to wrap up here at the end? I don't think we do. Um, we'll we'll see next week. Launched. Hmm? What? No one cares about that. I said I have a couple books launched. What are they, Nick? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the name. Well, if you can't remember, how are we supposed to remember, man? I mean, come on, dude. I know you have 4,000 books out, but Jesus, man. I literally just, my book, I, I can't it's, remember. I always get confused. I always, it's either containment or contagion. Um, I don't know. Containment. It's called containment. Um, Good yeah. God. Listen, everybody, go buy Dur Enigma Strain. All right, it's Dur- an Enigma awesome virus. Dur Enigma virus. Sorry, my German's bad. All, all in German. Uh, all right, everyone. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of his book. The Minoan Manifest just came out too. Both of them have uh, have been uh, released to uh, crappy, horrible, shitty reviews. Uh, so go check those out. Um, they're available for your uh, dismay um, at any of your friendly neighborhood Amazon. Yeah, you could go to nickthacker.com or you can also get there by storyonthespot.live. You can get to Nick's website there or just go search Nick Thacker on Amazon and I you'll don't find some books. On the website. Maybe they came out a year or so. Recently, we don't know. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you. Bye. <laughs>